I love that we're talking about feelings right now. Uh, for the next five weeks, I have a feeling that we've had a lot of feelings lately. <laughs> Lots of different emotions that you have experienced during one of the most incredible times in human history. I, I still think that we undersell how big this is, what we're going through, what we've been enduring, what we've been experiencing. There's been nothing like it. And I hope that you've given yourself a pass. Like when you have one of those days, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I feel this right now. Okay, yeah, we're in a once in a lifetime kind of situation going on. This will be in our history textbooks. Give yourself a little bit of a pass. But what I'm hoping is that we can move beyond that together that we can actually look at our feelings and learn how to deal with them and look into God's Word and see if we can glean some truth and something practical that we can do because of it. Now, we're speaking of feelings. I want to give you my favorite quote I've ever heard in recent memory about feelings. Well, there's, a one, there's one I like even better from my wife. I'll share that in a minute. But I want to start with a lady by the name of Lisa Turkhurst. She's a wonderful author and speaker, and she's written a book. One of her books is uh, in entitled Unglued. It's a great, great book. And she says this about feelings. Feelings are indicators, not dictators. They can indicate where your heart is in the moment, but that doesn't mean they have the right to dictate your behavior and boss you around. You are more than the sum total of your feelings and perfectly capable of that little gift called self-control. So, in other words, we don't have to do what our feelings are kind of driving us to do. We can, we can exercise control. Now, my wife, I've heard her say this a lot lately, and I think she's quoting someone else, but I love it. She'll say, feelings are dumb. That's what she'll say. They don't think. They're, they're not logical. They just feel. All they do is feel. And I, and, and I like that. That's a good reminder. And what we're not saying today, though, and we have to be very careful here, what I'm not saying is ignore your feelings, suppress your feelings. Feelings don't matter at all. Uh, that would be the wrong thing to do. Uh, feelings are like smoke alarms. There's, there's something going on, and it's indicating we need to pay attention to that something. Whatever it is, we need to pay attention to it. The alarm itself doesn't, should not necessarily be the thing we focus. We should focus on the other thing. Why is it going off and what do we do about it? Now, when Sherry and I were dating and around the time that we were engaged, she had an apartment in Crittenden, Kentucky, and I lived in a parsonage in Dry Ridge, Kentucky. On occasion, I would go visit her and we would cook in her little kitchen in her apartment. By we, I mean she would cook <laughs> in that little kitchen in her apartment. I do not cook. I'm horrible. But every single time we would do that, her smoke alarm would go off. I mean, we could be boiling water. It didn't matter what we were doing. I guess the rise of heat in that little apartment caused that smoke alarm to go off. So we did this smart thing. We detached the smoke alarm <laughs> completely uh, while we cooked. And then afterwards, if, we, if I could remember, I'd plug it back in for and mount it back to the ceiling. That's not what you should do with your feelings. You shouldn't detach and unplug and ignore and suppress. That's not what we're uh, teaching you to do today. But what we are going to do is this, and I love this. Here's our goal. I'm going to put it in the first person. I need to do this. I need to identify my feelings. Then I need to look at the facts. And then I need to figure out what faith steps I must take next. That's why we're in this series, Feelings, Facts, and Faith. We have feelings. We, we, we're not going to ignore them, but we need to, once we identify what those feelings are, let's pay attention to the facts and then figure out what faith step 
we must take next. So the first feeling, as you can already see from all that we've talked about already today, we're going to talk about the feeling of being lonely. And I will tell you this, every single human being at some point in their life experiences feeling lonely. What I don't want you to hear is, are you lonely? Shame on you. We're going to preach against that today. We're going to condemn that today. No, it's a, it's a natural emotion and we need to pay attention to it. We need to figure out why it's there. And I believe at some point, every single one of us will experience bouts of loneliness, feeling alone, feeling separated, feeling isolated. It's one of the emotions we've been most concerned about during this pandemic season because by the nature of what we do in order to be safe, it sometimes results in greater isolation. And we're seeing some of the, uh, I guess, byproducts of that. We're concerned about that. We're concerned about people experiencing greater depression, greater anxiety, addiction, and, and, and uh, an increase in those things. We're concerned about that. And if that's you and you're experiencing that, I hope that something you experience today will help you know how to deal with those things. But like I said, even if you're not experiencing it deeply, at some point you will experience it or already have. Uh, we have kids in the room. I, I've seen this with kids before. It always breaks my heart when I see this, but well, I will literally observe sometimes and watch kids interact with each other, and I will see a kid like offer, hey, uh, won't, won't you come play with me with this toy? And when that kid walks away, I'm like, uh, I'll play with you, man. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be alone. You know, it's a weird feeling to see that rejection happen. But it happens. You just kind of see it. Kids kind of real like, no, I don't want to play with you. I don't want to play with that toy. And there's a moment there where it feels awful and it's isolated. That happens for students. And I know when I was a teenager, I, I experienced this too, but I see it still happening today. And I, I talk to my own kids who are now college age. It's amazing how deep down what we long for more than anything else is we just want our squad. We just want to belong to a group. We want to belong to a friend group. And when we don't have that, man, do we feel alone. And really the same is true of us adults. It just looks a little differently. And sometimes by default, we have our own squad. By This is our work squad. We, we, we kind of have to work with each other, so that's our work squad or whatever. So sometimes we have that squad that's already built in. But even then, sometimes we feel isolated. And for my senior adults, I heard this quote last week, and it was really joyful. It said, the older we get, the more we move towards obscurity. <laughs> Woo, that sounds happy, doesn't it? Obscurity. But it's something we battle. We feel sometimes less and less relevant. And because of that, we have battles of loneliness. No matter what generation you are, no matter what age you are, if you're a living, breathing human being, we experience loneliness. So what do we do with that? Well, we're going to start by looking at the facts. I want to read to you my, famous, uh, my favorite promise in the Old Testament. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I want to stick a pin in that. We'll come back to it. I want to read to you another passage. Probably the, one of the most famous ones in all of the Old Testament. God inspired David to write this beautiful song where it declares this wonderful uh, motif, this metaphor of God being a shepherd and those who believe in him being his sheep. Here's what it says in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, 
they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's look at the facts. Fact number one. If you are hurting and feel alone, God is near. You have to ignore the Bible in order to ignore this fact. He says it very clearly. If you're brokenhearted, I am near. If you're crushed in spirit, I am near. If you're hurting, if you're alone, and you're wondering where I am, I am right here with you. Whether you feel it or not, or believe it or not, it doesn't cause it to be less true. Facts do not rely upon your ability to believe in them. You can say, I just don't think gravity is real. Sorry, you're sitting down right now because of gravity. It's okay. You don't have to believe in gravity. It's still true. It's still real. And God's presence near the hurting is still true, whether you feel it or believe it or not. And I'm hoping by hearing that today, you can start to believe it, that this is a fact. But not only that, here's a second fact. God's presence will get you through anything. As David penned these words, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'd say that's probably a pretty low point. (laughs) I think that's probably a real place of fear and loneliness and isolation and what is going on? How am I going to get through this? He says in that psalm, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's what got him through it. The presence of God got David through everything, and it will get you through absolutely anything you're going through. Here's the third fact. God wants us to be a spiritual family. Now, we didn't read that in those passages, but I want to read it to you in one more passage. In John 17, Jesus, before he goes and takes up his cross, utters a prayer to the Father, and we have it written in John 17. It's known as the high priestly prayer. In the first part of the chapter, he's actually praying for the 12 men who left everything to follow him. But then he shifts gears and he prays for you and you and all of us who have placed our faith in him. He prays for those all into the future who will place their faith in him. Here's what he says in John 20, starting in verse, excuse me, John 17, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, talking about the 12 who follow him already there in person. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Are you getting the idea here? so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. His prayer was that we would become one just as God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Father are also one. That's incredible unity. And that's what he calls us to. He doesn't call us to see the world the same way. He doesn't call us to think exactly the same way, act the same way, look the same way. That's not what God calls us to do. But he calls us to be a spiritual family. The Bible teaches that when we place our faith in Jesus, we become his children. We are spiritual siblings. And yeah, sometimes that means we may not fully get along here and there, but at the end of the day, we have each other's back. We will be real with each other. We will be truthful with each other, and we will love each other. 
no matter what. That's what God calls us to. So I'm going to do a little play on words since we are in a pandemic right now. The vaccination for loneliness is authentic, unconditional love. It's what you crave more than anything else, and sometimes you don't even know it. You just want someone in your life who knows you for who you really are and still loves you. There is one, and it's God. He made you. He knows everything going inside that head of yours. He knows every deep thought that you have. He knows every little bit of motivation in your heart. He knows everything about your past and your present and even your future. He knows all your failings. All those things you thought, you're like, oh, I'm not saying that out loud. I don't want anybody to know I thought like that. He knows that. And still loves you so much that he would send his son Jesus to die for you all over again. That's the authentic, unconditional love of God. And you need it. And when you believe that that's real, and you embrace that in your life, it will conquer the deep-seated loneliness that all of us battle. But he also wants you to be that for other people. He wants us to get real with each other, be authentic, be genuine, and to actually offer unconditional love to one another. I believe this is one of the biggest problems with humanity, but especially even in the church that we can sort of check off all of our boxes of what it means to be involved in a church, but at the end of the day, are we actually in community with one another? Are we being real with one another? Do we let people in on our real thoughts and our real struggles and our real emotions and show that and still love each other no matter what? Man, what, it would, what this world would be like if the world could see us being like that. Like, that's real. That's real family. That's real community. Man, those people really love each other. They, they even are truthful to each other and still love each other. They are real and they're authentic and they're loving. That's what God was explaining in His Word. That's why Jesus prayed for that because He says, listen, if, if my people would become one and be a spiritual family, then everyone else outside of the family will see that and say, I want to be adopted too. I want to be in that family too. It's one of the greatest missional things we can do is to authentically and unconditionally love one another. So I want to offer you now what faith steps maybe we can take in order to deal with this feeling of loneliness. We've looked at the facts. Now what do we do? I'm going to give you a vertical faith step and a horizontal faith step. A vertical between you and God and a horizontal between you and others. Here they are. Vertically, start practicing the presence of God. It's a muscle that we have to work or it will atrophy. It's, I don't know if you've ever fathomed this before, but can you try for just a moment to put yourself in the shoes of God who's always with you? When you place your faith in Him, He's always there. He places His Holy Spirit within you. That's Him. He is right there with you all the time. And yet we talk, act, and live and think as if He's not even there sometimes. That we're just kind of on our own. I believe there's moments when we're like, man, God, I just wish you would show up. And He's like, and I'm right here. I'm like right here. And you're asking me to show up. And I'm right here next to you. And I've never left you. And I never will leave you. 
What if you started living as if he's there? Start practicing his presence. When you're wondering if he's there, say, well, I'm going to believe he's there. And start talking to him like he's right there. People might think you're crazy. It's okay. It's a thing. Especially if you're at a red light. You can just pretend you're on speakerphone or something, right? But if you're wondering where God is and you're going through something, just start talking to him as if he's there because he is there. And the more you do that, and the more you do that, and the more you do that, it will become habit and it will be so real to you that you'll start doubting less his presence in your life. And here's a horizontal faith step. Start being the friend you wish you had. Man, I think we need to ask God to help us to be more self-aware. Like sometimes we wish we had more people around us, but we don't realize we're pushing them away. We're just being ornery and don't even know it. We need God to shine a light on that. Be the friend you wish you had. I just wish people would, you know, just be, be, be better listeners. Well, maybe you're not listening. Maybe you're doing all the talking. Maybe you start need to just ask questions and listen and be there for people. I just wish people would be more helpful. Well, maybe you start by you being helpful. And, and, and be, be generous with who you try that on. Try it with anybody and everybody. I actually believe that not having people in your life is such a needless thing. Because I think I know a lot of people who are desperate for friendship, would love friendship. So if we all start being the friend we wish we had, I think we'd have a whole lot more friends. And it takes God's help. It, it takes His help to help us to be more self-aware and to show us what we need to do to be more authentic and to be more unconditionally loving. But if we ask for His help, if we ask Him to help us do that and then start looking for opportunities to do it, friends, as we take those steps of faith, I believe you will launch into a whole new chapter of your life where loneliness becomes less and less of an issue. So will you take these faith steps today? I want to do one quick shameless plug. This time of the year, we normally do a big event where we launch a lot of brand new small groups. And with the season that we're in, we don't want to do an event quite like that. Uh, but we do want to give you an opportunity, if you're not connected with others, where you can pray together and discuss truths like what we've talked about today, some really easy low-hanging fruit. We're launching this week a, a Facebook group for men. I'll be leading that on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. And then there's one for women. Missy Harris will be leading on Wednesday nights at 8.30. It's so simple. All you have to do is go to hickorygrove.net slash groups. Click on either Grove Men or Grove Women and join the group. We'll hang out together for the next five weeks talking about feelings, facts, and faith. You just jump in the comment section and talk to us. It's great. Just one little, hey, it's not, it's not like, wow, super intimate. We're face-to-face, knee-to-knee, shoulder-to-shoulder, but it's a start. And if you've never tried that before, we invite you to try it. Give it a shot. Start experiencing community together. Before we pray, I want to read to you one more verse. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Friends, if you had never believed in God before, He is the answer to chronic loneliness in your life. If you've never placed your trust in Him, I invite you to do that today. Call upon the name of the Lord and He will adopt you into His family and make you His child and He will stay by your side for the rest of your days and bonus all through eternity as well. <laughs> and maybe you've done that already, but today what you needed to hear is, golly, I need to start practicing His presence. And honestly, I need to start being a friend to people more. 
Well, let's start doing that together today with God's help. Let's pray together. Will you bow with me? And while I pray out loud, you talk to God right where you are. Talk to him. If you've never placed your trust in him, call upon his name and say, God, save me. Forgive me of all my sins, God. I give you my old life right now. Give me new life. I want your presence with me forever. And if you've already done that, I don't know how long ago, maybe your prayer today needs to be, God, help me to realize you're with me. And even if I don't feel it or believe it, you're there. Help me to start treating you as if you're with me. Stop ignoring you. And maybe your prayer today might be this. God, I I need more friends in my life, but help me to start being a friend. Show me how to do that. Open my eyes to see myself so that I could be more authentic and more unconditionally loving to others. Lord, lead the way. Lead me as a sheep into your will. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I hope and pray that today you're ready to practice his presence. I hope that you can walk out of here today and say, man, he's with me. Like right now, he's with me. I hope that you know that. If you took a step of faith today, or maybe you are thinking about it, or maybe you just have some questions about faith, we want to hear from you. All you have to do is text the word faith to our church number, which is 859-356-3162. Just text that word to us. We promise we won't totally stalk you. We just want to ask you a few questions and encourage you and pray for you. So take that rectangle out of your pocket and text us today if you have questions or want to just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do this better, and I, I, I could use some prayer, all right? Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being here with us today, and I hope and pray that throughout this day and beyond, you will know God is with you. God bless you guys.